Good morning. Eddie Jenkins, Army Green Beret, Vietnam. Give it up one more time for all our veterans, all those people who paid that ultimate price. Eddie came very close. Eddie came very close there. Uh, a lot of his story we weren't able to include in that entire video. Uh, they were telling me backstage that part of his story is you, uh, you, any of you who are in the medical field, you know how painful or if you've had to have this done, a skin graft is. Actually, when they took the skin graft the first time, which is the most painful part, they go into a part of your body that's not burned, take skin and put it on the area that's burned. They lost the first skin graft. Had to go back and do it again. Um all because of the wound he suffered defending our country. And uh, just thank God for Eddie and all the people uh, who he represents. I'd like to ask you today, if you have ever served in the military, you're not currently serving, but you have served, would you stand and let us see you? You're not serving now, but you have served in any branch of the military. <laughs> Amen. Keep standing, keep standing. Now, all of you who do serve right now, will you stand and join them? Awesome. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Yes, sir, buddy. Yes, sir. Love me some military families and those wives and husbands of military and children and what they go through. And that's why call to arms is a ministry in our church that just does a beautiful job reaching out to military families and if we can help you as a military family in any way please let us know we're going to put an email address up in just a minute make sure you jot that down if we can help you if we can connect you into our military ministry any way we can serve you we want to serve you and one of the things we love to do when a, when a husband or a wife has been deployed and the other mate is left behind, we really want to connect with you to help you in any way we can while your spouse is away. And we have both men and women who get deployed and leave their spouse here. And we want to we wanna be your family. We want to we be here for you. So let us know if you um, need that ministry or would like to get involved. I'm going to ask... Um, we met her in the video, but I want you to meet her in the flesh. I'm going to ask Jenny Ross to come out. Jenny is our new pastor of children's ministry. Let's give it up for Jenny. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's from Boston, so there's really no change to the culture here. Having come from Boston, everything will be the same. We're so glad. We're trying to teach her to talk Southern, and the kids are really helping us with that. One of the kids was telling her that he was fixing to do something, and she wasn't sure what that was. But she'll, she'll once, once we get her enrolled in those Southern classes, we'll get all that taught to her. Jenny, we're so glad to have you. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, when I met you and the staff met you, uh, we just knew you were, were going to be a part of our family. We look forward to what God's going to do in our children's ministry through this young lady. And listen, the thing about her that I like the most is she's so much better looking than Angela. Isn't she? Isn't she? 
so much better. Jenny, we love you. God bless you. Give it up for Jenny Ross. So when you run into her in the hallways and you're over in the kids' ministry, she's our new pastor of children's ministry. And uh, make sure you reach out to her and, you know, give her some southern tips. I was thrilled to find out that she ate gizzards, some chicken gizzards last night. So that, that just helped me so much be more loving toward her and more accepting of her. I, I, uh, we had a, a speaker, I don't know if you know, Charisma Magazine. Lee Grady is one of the editors of Charisma Magazine. And we had Lee Grady come and speak here at our church. And I took him. He said, I want you to take me to a restaurant that is really like the culture of this area. So I took him to Wilbur's. And when we walked in, gizzards were on the menu right up there, buddy. So he got his phone out and took a picture. He said, my friends aren't going to believe this. And I'd like to say to all you people who are from foreign countries like California and New York, that if you hadn't had gizzards, you hadn't even eat yet. You haven't even had good food yet. Amen. Got any gizzard lovers out there? How many of y'all are going, what's a gizzard? All right, all right. All right. We're so glad y'all are here today, and uh, thank you for coming. We just really honor our vets, and, and you know, uh, a lot of you uh, probably had family over. Maybe you had a day off from work, or, or um, you got to grill out, or whatever. Just don't forget what it's all about. Don't forget our veterans. Don't forget those who have served, who are currently serving. And um, you know what? We've got a little card called a Just Because card. How many of you all know about the Just Because card? And that's a card that you use when you do a random act of kindness for somebody. And one of the things that our folks here at the bridge are doing is when they go into a restaurant, sometimes they'll see a person in uniform having lunch or maybe two or three guys or gals there having lunch. And they'll walk over there and pick their ticket up and pay for their meal and just leave them a Just Because card. And that card says you just experienced a random act of kindness from the bridge. And it doesn't promote you or it just promotes that we're a church who loves the military. You can use that card in a lot of different ways. Um, we believe here at the bridge that just being Jesus allows you eventually the opportunity to talk about Jesus. Have you ever heard me say that before? That's a core value we have here at the church. And um, so get those Just Because cards and be kind to people in the neighborhood and just let them know you did this, we did this because we're from the bridge. We know Jesus and Jesus loves you and the bridge loves you. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in the sermon later. Uh, Sylvia, I mean, uh, Eddie's daughter is here somewhere. Where? Stand right up. Will you all stand up, your family, all three of you guys? This is Eddie Jenkins' daughter and her husband, Michael, their son, and we love you guys, and uh, we know you all proud of Eddie today. You make sure he sees that video. All right, so we're talking about every day, what you do every day that creates the person you are. We learned a long, big word last week called cumulative effect. What you do over time has a cumulative effect. If you do negative things over time, you can go ahead and put that slide up, guys. If you do uh, negative things uh, over time, it's going to affect you in a negative way. If you do positive 
thing, then a cumulative effect is going to affect you in a positive way. There's the definition. We went over that last week. So, for instance, if you do wise, thoughtful, positive things financially, then over time you're going to be better financially. You're going to be more healthy financially. You're going to not have so many financial problems, and you're going to have some money in savings cumulative effect. If you make bad decisions financially, over time you're going to be in worse shape financially. That goes with your health, it goes with your relationships, it goes with your career, and then of course what we're talking about in this series is your walk with God, your spiritual life. So what do you do every day? What do we practice every day of our life? What are those seemingly, they're not, but they seem to be tiny things, they seem to be insignificant They seem to be really not that important, but there are some disciplines that if we can incorporate those in our life on a daily basis, at the end of our life, when we come to the end of our life, we'll hear the Lord look at our life as a whole and say, well done. How many of you are glad that God doesn't judge us on one bad thing we did, but he looks at our cumulative life and he determines life well lived. You lived your life well, well done. And we'll talk about salvation, and then we'll talk about the life you live after you receive Christ. We'll talk about all of that today. We've talked about another big word. Uh, well, it's not a big word, but it's a, it's a very powerful word, and it can be a very devastating word. We talked about the word regret. And I think if I attended a church, I would want that church to teach me things that at the end of my life, if I practiced the things they taught me, that I would not have as many regrets and maybe I wouldn't have any huge regrets and so that certainly is our goal uh, as a church as a pastor as a pastoral team we want to we want to provide for you teaching and we want to provide for you ministry and all guys let me just mention this it just came to my mind right then while I was talking don't forget that you can't just eat on Sunday amen I love eating on Sunday but you can't just eat on Sunday. You would starve. I mean, you would be uh, in poor health if you didn't eat all during the week physically. It's that way spiritually as well. So don't forget that any sermons you've missed here at the bridge, we have them on our on our website. You can go to our website and you can hear those messages. Also, we provide for all of you. Don't forget this. We pay several thousand dollars a year so that all of you can have free uh, a website, access to a website called Right Now Media. And if you're not connected with that, if you didn't know about that, all you got to do, we're going to put an email address, go ahead and put that up there, guys. Let us know. I'd like to get connected to Right Now Media. Just use that email address right there, and we'll send you the password. And there's, there's just thousands of videos teaching you biblical truths, teaching you uh, how to live a Christian life. If you're a new Christian, there are lessons on there about what to do if you're a new Christian. There are lessons on there uh, about all different topics, marriage, finances, whatever, and it's all biblically based. Right now, media, and, and as an attender of the bridge, even if you're a visitor here today, you can be a part of that too. Just email us and say, I'd like to get that. It's like Christian Netflix, okay? I mean, there are tons of videos 
on teaching and movies and all kinds of things that are wholesome and pure and will help you grow as a Christian. So if I was a part of a church, I would want to know that that church is going to help me get to the end of my life and hear Jesus say, well done. Now, whether you practice those things, whether you do those things, whether you live uh, what your church provides for you, that's totally up to you. But I think it's our responsibility to say to you, we have all this for you. Reach out there and get it. How many of you know that the best things in life don't just come to you? You got to go get them. Amen? You got to go get them. You don't drift towards spiritual success. You don't drift toward financial success. You don't drift toward a good marriage. You have a good marriage. You have a good financial success. You are a good Christian because you are intentional about that. And so... What we want to say to you today is as a church, we, are, we feel responsible to help you have as little regret at the end of your life as possible. Now, the biggest regret you will ever have, bar none, no comparison, is if you refuse Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Trust me when I tell you that if you do not receive Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, that will be your greatest regret. The wisest thing you will ever do, the most prudent thing you will ever do, is surrender your mind, your heart, your talents, your life to the person of Jesus Christ. Understand the gospel, and we're going to go through that today. Embrace the gospel. Embrace the cross. Embrace the empty tomb. And embrace the Savior Jesus Christ. If you don't do that, if you decide not to do that, trust me in love to tell you that that will be your greatest regret. You say, well, when do I do that? When should I do that? Let's look at a scripture that tells us when. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, indeed, and it's talking about your coming to Christ, your surrender to Christ, indeed, the right time is when? Now. Everybody say this one with me. Today is the day of salvation. We um, had some people in the early service this morning make a commitment to Christ. And at the end of this service today, I'm going to come down and other people uh, who have been trained to minister to you in prayer, staff members, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, tell them to come on down at the end of the service. And we'll be here to pray with you if you would like to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, we'd love to talk to you about that. Now listen, you don't have to come just for that purpose. You might be here, and you might be a Christian. You might be a follower of Jesus, but you're having some, some problems in your marriage, or you know someone who is, and you want to come up for them. Or, or you might be having financial difficulty, or you might be battling uh, discouragement or depression, or maybe some bad circumstances in your life, or maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you've kind of drifted away from him, and you want to come back, and, and you want to you recommit your life to him. We're here to pray with you after the service today for anything you need. And let me just tell you, too, that on the back wall of our church, I know it doesn't look really good, but it is really good. When you see those posters back there with those little stickers, those are prayer requests. And if ever during the service or at the end of the service, 
not while I'm preaching because it'd be a little distracting, but after the service, if you want to go back there and just read some of those and maybe take, if you're a prayer person, I hope you are, maybe write down a few and take them home and pray over them or you can pray right there. Um, during the week uh, on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock, normally, unless our schedule is uh, conflicts and we all as a staff have to be somewhere else, we're going to be right here at 1 o'clock on Tuesday. And we're going to pray over these requests. So if you ever own your lunch break at 1 o'clock and you want to be here on a Tuesday, um, you come and join us and we'll pray over these requests. We do that every Tuesday, again, unless uh, we all have to be somewhere else. So so uh, mark that down. It's very, very important. Kind of got into a lot of stuff there. But uh, my point was that we're going to pray with you after the service. So don't rush off after we uh, conclude the service. Feel free to come and let us pray for you. So what I want to talk about today in this message is I want to talk about God's purpose for your existence. Anybody interested in what God's purpose for my life is? Here's the deal. God um, created the earth, you know, before sin, before man sinned. God created this awesome environment. He created this amazing earth that we live on, the beautiful water, he created the beautiful mountains, and he created the animals and the birds, and he created the fish of the sea, and he created these wonderful temperatures and all of that, and we could go into the details of how the universe works like a, a, a clock. I mean, it works like a, a system that is beyond man's comprehension, and God made this perfect environment, sinless environment, and God said, now I'm going to make a creature that will love me. I'm going to make a creature that will have the capacity to love me. I'm going to make a creature that will have the ability to worship me, praise me, serve me. And guess who God made? He made you and he made me. Now, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I don't know what you're doing. I know what some of you are doing with your life, but not all of you. But I'm telling you, if you don't love God, if you're not serving God, if you haven't given your life to God, if you're not praising God and, and worshiping God, then you're not doing what you were made to do. God made human beings to love him. But man sinned. You know that. Man sinned. And I mean, he hadn't been here very long when he sinned. And the Bible says that because of the sin of Adam and Eve, that that curse of sin was passed on to everybody. It was passed on to every one of us. So when we are born into the world, we are not born right with God. We are born separated from God. We are not born saved. We are not born Christians. We are born alienated from God. Sin is between us and God. And in order for us to be right with God, we have to come in repentance to Him. Now, it's an amazing thing. When man sinned, when man turned his back on God and went his own way, God immediately, immediately put into motion a plan of love and compassion and sacrifice on his part to bring you back to him. And in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, he goes ahead right then and tells us, I'm going to send my son. Now, it's not directly in those words, but he's referring to his son, Jesus. I'm going to send a Messiah. I'm going to send a Savior. And so God sent his son, Jesus. In a couple of months, uh, we're going to, actually less than that, 
we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. How many of you guys love some Christmas? Amen? Love Christmas? Well, we're about to celebrate that, and we're going to have Thanksgiving before that so we can be thankful at Thanksgiving and celebrate the birth of Jesus uh, at Christmas time. And what we're celebrating, and I know the world doesn't view it that way, and the world's come up with a whole lot of other things that represent Christmas, but let me tell you what Christmas is about. It is about the birth of our Savior Jesus who came to save us from our sins. And so we'll celebrate that. And Jesus, uh, those who uh, looked uh, uh, to God for salvation before Jesus came, they still were dependent on the cross that would come and the resurrection that would come. Now you and I are on the other side of that and we look back at the cross that has already happened and the resurrection that has already happened. Whether Old Testament or New Testament, men came to God through the promise of Jesus Christ, through the love of God the Father who sent Messiah Jesus to save us. So God's desire for those of us who have not personally embraced his redemptive plan, if you're here today and you've not repented, you've not turned away from your sin, you've not embraced Jesus, then I'm telling you, I'm telling you that's God's will for your life. That's what God wants for your life. He wants you to turn to Christ. He wants you to embrace Jesus Christ. Once again, the scripture up on the screen, the last one we looked at, Today is the day, now is the accepted time. Can I tell you what else the Bible says? And this one isn't going to come up on the screen. But the Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and 9, write this down if you're taking notes, study it when you get home. It is not God's will that anyone should perish. It is not God's will that anyone should leave this world without Jesus Christ in their heart. It is God's will that every person in this room come to salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the reason God the Father wants you to come to Jesus Christ through his son is because there's no other way to come to him. There is no other way. Now, I know what the world says. I know the world says there are many ways to God and that Jesus might be one of them. I'm telling you, we're narrow-minded in this at the bridge. There are no other ways to God. And he, he didn't say in the Bible, I am a way. He said, I am, everybody say it, the way. I am the way. So, so the, the, we teach that here at the bridge. And the reason we teach that is because that's what God's word says. And God's word is true. It is infallible. It is inerrant. And we believe the truth of God's word. So we want you to come to Jesus so that you can be reconnected with God the Father. Now, those of us, and this is what the sermon's about today, those of us who have, who have surrendered, those of us who have yielded our will to the will of God, those of us who have said, I am lost, I need a Savior, I need Christ in my life, and so we've asked Christ, we've trusted Christ to uh, redeem us. We've trusted Christ to forgive us. We've asked Christ to come in and take up residence inside of us, and he has. And there are many words for that. It's called being saved. It's called being born again. In John chapter 3, it's a new birth. You don't become a perfect person in all that you do, but you do become a justified person in how God views you. 
And so what we'd love for you to do is ask Jesus to redeem you. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to rule your life. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made. It'll be the wisest decision you ever made. Now, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus, you are called to now be his ambassador. You are called now to be his representative in this world. Every one of you, if I, and I'm not going to do it because I don't want to embarrass anybody who can't raise their hand, but if I were to ask everybody in this room who, who has um, surrendered their life to Jesus and have been born into the family of God, Romans says adopted into the family of God, if, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, most people in this room would raise their hand right now. So I want to say to those of you who would raise your hand if I ask you to do that, that now there is a calling on your life. There is a calling on your life to be a representative, to be an ambassador of Christ. How often? What's the title of this series? How often? Every day of your life. Every day of your life. Let's look at it in the Bible. Let's go to the Word of God and let's look at what God says. So this is Paul. It's the second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, the Corinthians, that, that was a letter uh, to a church. Paul started a church in a city called Corinth. And uh, he is writing to them in chapter 5, a second letter, chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. So he's talking about salvation. He's talking about surrendering your life to God, being a follower of Jesus, being one of Jesus' disciples. He says, now all of this salvation being made right with God through Jesus, is a what? It's a gift. Let's say it out loud. It is a gift. It is a gift. So we, if you were to come to the altar this morning, and, and here's how we do it. Uh, at the end of the service, I'm going to pray a prayer and dismiss the service. And then that way, if you need to go, you can go. If you'd like to come for prayer, you can come. Again, we'll have people up here to pray with you. But let's say you walked up here. And you said, you know what, I, want, I had a young man do this today. Walked up and said, I'm ready. I, I want to commit my life to Jesus. Then we're going to talk to you about that. We're going to tell you what that means. We're going to give you some material, but we're going to pray with you. And we're going to lead you through a prayer. But then we're going to give you some follow-up material because it's real important when you make your commitment to Jesus that you get connected to other believers who are maybe a little further along than you who can help you and strengthen you and pray for you and be with you. Amen? That's really important. So he says this is a gift from God, uh, this gift of salvation. So when you, if you were to come today and experience that gift of salvation, then look what it says. It is a gift from God who brought us back to himself, back to God. Remember we talked about in Genesis how man and God got separated because of sin. So this salvation brings us back to God, but it doesn't say through many different roads, it says only through, come on, Christ. It's through Christ that you can be brought back to God the Father, to God who, where you were separated in the book of Genesis. Now look what it says. And God has given us, who's us? Those of us who are disciples, those of us who are Christians, those of us who are followers of Christ. He has given us this task of what? reconciling people to him so we have a job we have a task we have a responsibility 
that once we are saved, once we are rescued, once we are made right with God, then we become representatives, we become ambassadors for Christ. Let's go to the next slide, it'll go even further. For God was in Christ, saying to us that Christ was God in the flesh. Christ was God, is God, will forever be God. Christ was in, God was in Christ. And Christ reconciled the lost world to God. Christ is that way back to God. I've always wanted to uh, name a church like the bridge, you know, because it's all about the bridge that God built. That cross is the bridge. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Here it comes. And he, God, gave us Christians this wonderful message. King James says, ministry of reconciliation. Now, when people are, when people are um, divided because of a disagreement, sometimes that disagreement can be very deep, and the division between two people can be very deep. So if I were to take the person over here who's upset and angry and offended at this other person, and I love them and I care about them, and then I got this person over here who they're upset and they're offended and they're angry at this person, and I were to come in as a Christian and say, let me talk to you, then go over here and go, let me talk to you, and then say, hey, can we get together? And they were to come, maybe reluctantly, but they would come and we would sit down together and I would just begin to talk to them, read some scripture to them, pray with them, and they forgave each other and understood each other better and went, you know what, man, I'm sorry, and gosh, I way overreacted to that, and I thought you meant that, and, and I forgive you for that, can you forgive me? And all that happened. That friendship would be what? Reconciled. It would be reconciled. Well, Jesus is the one who reconciles lost man back to God the Father. Y'all with me? So Jesus reconciles us back to the Father. He reconnects us with God. He is that bridge. Now what is my role as a reconciler? My role is to take that unbeliever, because I am a believer, is to take that unbeliever by the hand, talk to them about my God, talk to them about what my God has meant to me, and maybe take that unbeliever and bring them in a place where we actually pray together and I connect them with Jesus Christ and they come to Jesus, yield their life to Jesus because of my testimony and then they're reconnected to God. So that's what the role of an ambassador is. That's what the role of a representative of God is. So God gave who? Who's us? The bridge. The bridge, people in the bridge who know Christ as their personal Savior, he has given you the wonderful message of reconciliation. And what is that message? It's the gospel. It's the good news. If you want to see it even clearer, look at the next verse. I made that whole verse yellow. Notice that because it's so powerful. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Who's we? Those of us who have, redeemed, have been redeemed, those of us who have received Christ, we are Christ's ambassadors. Listen to me. You're not primarily bridge ambassadors. I love it when you represent the bridge well, but your, your primary representation is not the bridge. 
you primarily are not an ambassador of your company that you work for. Even if you own your company you're not pri- and, and you're a Christian, you're not primarily an ambassador of your company. You're not primarily an ambassador of your family or your family name. All those things are important, and you do represent the bridge, and you do represent the company you work for, and you do represent the family you're in. But listen to me, your primary role as a Christian is you represent God. You represent God. We are Christ's representatives. We are Christ's ambassadors. Let's go on. God is making his appeal to a lost world. Come on, what's the last two words? Through us. I mean, a few people are going to come to Christ if they come to the bridge and hear me preach. But hundreds of people, thousands of people, will come to Jesus Christ in this community if we all see ourselves as a messenger, if we all see ourselves as a representative of Christ, if we all see ourselves as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, how many churches are guilty of going, oh man, I got to get you to my church. I got to get you to my church. And we encourage you to invite people to church all the time. And we want you to invite people to church. But you know what? He wants you to be that ambassador. He wants you to make yourself available. God, use me. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but your job is not to reconcile people with the bridge. Your your job is to reconcile people with Jesus. You're Christ ambassador in this world. God, watch. God is making his appeal to the lost world through his disciples. We speak for Christ, when we plead with the lost world, what what do we say? Come back to God. That's our job, guys. That's our job. That's our role. Every day we wake up, every morning we wake up, we go, thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, that if death were to come today, because we don't know when death is coming, do we? But if, if it comes to me today, I am, um, I'm signed, sealed, delivered, baby, I'm yours, amen? I'm signed, sealed, delivered, I am a child of God, and if death comes to me today, I'm going to heaven. Thank you for that, but Lord, as I rejoice in that, as I am so happy about that, help me to remember throughout this day that I'm representing you. I'm your ambassador, I'm your rep in this world. And so as we wake up in the morning and as we go out to school or we go out to work or you're, you stay at home, you're a domestic engineer. How do you ladies like that? You like that? You're a domestic engineer. Whatever, whatever you are, you represent God. So, you know, where we might want to start is representing God at the breakfast table. Amen? How many of y'all know breakfast with little ones can be pretty rough? They can be pretty rough. How many of y'all had to repent on the way to church this morning? Okay. All right. Hey, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. And it don't get much better when they get grown, trust me. But, um, but, but guys, if we, if we at the bridge, if we at the bridge, if we began to really see ourselves, not as this is Pastor Farrell's job or this is the staff's job or, or whatever, 
but we begin to say, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I've been forgiven of my sins. I've been adopted into the family. God wants me to be his representative. And you might say, well, I don't know much about the Bible. I mean, I can't go around preaching. I don't know much about the, well, there are ways you can know more about the Bible. We've already talked about some in this message today. But really, guys, another way is by just being Jesus to people. Let me ask you something. In this world we live in, are you ever caught off guard when somebody's really courteous? Are you ever caught off guard when somebody's really nice? Have you ever had somebody go, have you ever had somebody at the store hold the door open for you and you go, whoa, you know? Because this world, I mean, really, we're all about ourselves. We're all about ourselves. You know, we talked about those parking places. We talked about that last week, how you just work to get that parking place that's closest to the door. You know, um, just being courteous, being kind, just being attentive to other people, saying kind things to people, looking at your neighbors around you. And, 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 and I read a great article this week about, uh, you know, we have to balance this thing of, of demonstrating the gospel with also proclaiming the gospel. And, and, and I'm certainly not trying to pro- replace proclaiming the gospel to somebody uh, with just being a kind person. Here, here's my thing on that, and you've heard me say it a million times, but if you're kind, if you're loving, if you're attentive to people, if you do, y'all, a lot of y'all just nodded your head, amen, when I said, are you ever caught off, God by, caught off guard by courtesy? So when we're courteous, we get people's attention. And when we're loving, we get people's attention. And when we see people in pain and we see people suffering and we see neighbors going through difficulty and we see the elderly going through difficulty and and we see maybe a person who can't mow their grass and and we just go over there and mow their grass. Pastor Jeremy was telling me this week about a couple that moved in near them who, uh, who were military and they didn't even get all their furniture. They didn't get their their basic necessities it hadn't arrived yet they had arrived and they were brought to their house but they had nothing so pastor jeremy and sabrina just went over to their house and brought them some basic things and said here's an old sofa you know here's some here's a a chair that we had that we don't use that much and gave them a couple pieces of furniture and brought has brought food over there to them and then pastor jeremy noticed that their grass needed to be mowed and he knew they didn't have their mower yet so when he finished mowing his grass he told sabrina to go there no no he he went he went over there pastor jeremy went over there and mowed their grass for them listen to me that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about now listen don't misunderstand me doing good deeds like that don't have anything to do with whether you're a christian or not but because you're a christian you do things like that hoping it'll open the door for you to be able to share jesus well pastor jeremy and sabrina went on and told their story and that couple could be here today if they are i'm I'm not ashamed to tell this story. You don't know who they are. And they could be here, sitting here this morning. But I was so thankful that that couple called Pastor Jeremy and called Sabrina and said, we've got some questions. And we found out, you know, you're a pastor. And they came over, and I believe the young lady had a Catholic background. I believe that's right. And the young man had no spiritual background at all. And so they came and sat down with them, and it was going to be like a 30-minute deal. 
And they sat there for three hours asking them questions about God. Asking them questions about Jesus. Let me ask you something. Would Pastor Jeremy or Sabrina ever have been approached by that couple if they had not first been Jesus to them? No. So that's what I'm talking about. Head on swivels. Looking around all day, every day. I'm an ambassador of Christ. How can I get this message across uh, to people that Jesus loves them? Look what Paul said. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. I've got to skip some stuff. I know you all got to hear that. 1 Corinthians 1.17. Let's go to that scripture. Paul says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Well, I've got to be honest with you. When I first read that, I wasn't real sure what that meant. Because I kind of felt like God did send me to get people baptized. But when you dig into that, here's what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, I've not been sent here to get a following for me. I've been sent here to get a following for Jesus. So I want to remind you, and we're glad all of you are here. And if you're here today because somebody invited you, boy, we are so happy you're here. We welcome you, and, and we hope and pray that God wants you to be here and be a part of our church. But he might not. He might not. There might be another church God wants you to serve in. There might be another church God wants you to go to. So it's not about building a following for Farrell or building a following for the bridge. The job of us at the bridge who have decided this is the church we want to go to, our job is to build a following for Jesus. Amen? Are y'all with me? We build a following for Jesus. That's what Paul said. That's what God has called me to do. And uh, so, so um, lost man's reconciliation with God is all about the cross. You don't get saved because you join the bridge. You, you don't get saved because you become an owner here at the bridge. That doesn't make you a Christian. Connecting with Jesus makes you a Christian. And uh, Jesus went to the cross. We embraced the cross that he received our punishment uh, for our sin. He did not receive punishment for his, but for ours. And when Christ was on the cross, right at the end of his time on the cross, he said three words. Y'all know what they are. It is finished. When he said it is finished, that meant the barrier between holy God, Father God, and man had been removed, making it possible for all those who trust Christ who trust in the cross, who trust in the resurrection, who embrace Christ as personal Savior. Colossians 1.22, I'm not going to put that on the screen, write it down. Colossians 1.22, we become holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation, not because we did something, but because we trusted God. Hey, you want to know what salvation's all about? You know what? You want to know what our role is? Not getting people to the bridge, not getting people to one of Pastor Farrell's sermons. That's not the main thing. The main thing is getting them to Jesus. Hey, look at this next scripture. I think you will find it pretty familiar. Y'all ever heard of this scripture? Matter of fact, we know this scripture so well that it's almost a cliche. We almost are like, who said that? I mean, who? That's a great quote. Who's that? God. God said it. For God so loved, put your name there, put your name, put your family. For God so loved Farrell, for God so loved Millie, for God so loved Brandon, for God so loved Amy, for God so loved whoever. 
For God so loved you. For God so loved your family. He so loved what? Everybody say it. The world that he gave to us as a gift his only son. That only begotten in the French Bible, it says his unique son. Nobody like Jesus. His only begotten son that, come on, whoever, whosoever believes in him plus does a lot of good works. Is that what it says? No. What do you do to get right with God? Believe. You embrace the cross. You embrace the resurrection. You embrace Jesus. You believe in him should not perish. That means go into eternity without Jesus but have what? Look at the next scripture. Look at this one. This is one you might not be so familiar with, but boy, it is so rich. God saved you by his grace. Not by your works, but by his grace. You know, the word grace means undeserved love, unmerited love. God saved you by his grace when you what? When you believe. And you can't take credit for this salvation. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. That is so important because the world teaches if you do a lot of good things and it outweighs the bad things, God will put it on a scale. And if your goodness outweighs your badness, you get to go to heaven. I am so glad that that is not the way you get to heaven because none of y'all would make it. Neither would I. None of us would make it. He says, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So salvation, since we can't boast about it, that means we had nothing to do with it. So as ambassadors, this is the message. We are to live every day with a keen awareness that we are first and foremost ambassadors, representatives in this dark, lost world of sin. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4. Paul said, for we, who's we? We, us, disciples of Jesus, Christians. For we speak as what? Come on. Messengers, and we've been what? Approved by God. Was it because of us? No, it's because of what he did for us. We speak as messengers approved by God, and we have been entrusted with the good news. What's another word for good news? Gospel. What, look at this, look at this, look at this. Our purpose, our reason for being here, our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. So much good word right there. Here's the deal. When you accepted Christ into your life, you are no longer a citizen of this world. As a matter of fact, in John 18, 36, here's what Jesus said. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. He said that to Pilate when he was standing before Pilate right before he got hung on the cross. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. So if you have received Christ as your personal Savior, guess what? You are now an alien. And some of y'all look like it. You are now an alien. You, 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 are, you don't belong here. Uh, there's another scripture in John 17, 16. Uh, he talks about how that we are now, as believers, we are still in this world, but we are not of this world. So we actually represent another kingdom. So ambassadors are people who are, who are, are um, 
part of another kingdom, but they've been sent into a foreign land to say, to talk about that, the kingdom they represent. That's who we are. We are not, we're in the world. When we got saved, the Lord didn't take us out of the world, did he? We're still in it, but we're not of it. Here's another one. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it says that we are no longer citizens of this world, but we are strangers in this world. We are pilgrims. So the moment you surrendered your life to Christ, you, you didn't belong here anymore. You say, man, I wish you'd taken me out right then. You don't belong here anymore, but you're still here. So that means you represent a different kingdom. You represent heaven. You represent where we're going, you represent God's kingdom. So now we come to a foreign land and we say to them, let me tell you about my king. Let me tell you about the kingdom that I am from. Study what an ambassador is. Look that up and just tie that in with all we talked about today. Let me, um, let me close with this. Look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, Paul's in prison. Paul is in prison, and Paul says, I'm an ambassador, and then Paul flips it right around and says, and if you're a Christian, you're one too. Look what Paul says. Paul says, I'm in jail. I'm in jail. Please pray for me. Now, if I was in jail, and I was writing a letter to the bridge, I would go, pray for me. The food isn't good. Pray for me. My bed's hard. Pray for me. Somebody was really not nice to me at lunch today. I mean, that's what I'd be writing probably. Here's what Paul wrote. Paul wrote, hey guys, I'm in prison. Will you do something for me? Will you pray for me? Will you ask God to give me the right words while I'm in prison? Because, you know, I was an ambassador when I wasn't in prison. And just because I'm in, in prison, that doesn't mean I'm not an ambassador anymore. I'm still an ambassador. You know what I say to that? He says, ask God that while I'm in prison, that he'll get, you know, by the way, Paul, when he went into a city to preach, he didn't ask about how nice the hotels were. He asked about how nice the prisons were because he knew that's where he was going to end up. So Paul says, ask God while I'm in prison to give me the right word so, I, so that I can what? What's the word? Boldly what? Explain. That's our job. That's our job, guys. An ambassador boldly explains God's mysterious plan. You know why it's mysterious? Because the, the message of the world is, if you want me to do something for you, you've got to do something for me first. And the reason it's mysterious is because God is saying, God says, you don't have to do anything for me. I just want to do it all for you. I just need you to accept. So to the world, the, the gospel message is just weird. The gospel message, matter of fact, they think we're trying to sell them a bill of goods. I mean, they think we're trying to, to hoodoo that. Y'all know what that like. Look that, look that up. That's Hebrew for fool. So we're trying to fool them. We're trying to trick them. He says, you, God, you, you pray while I'm in prison that God will give me the right words to be a good ambassador, to, be, uh, to explain God's mysterious plan and, that, and, and the good news, the gospel, that it's not just for Jews, but it's also for Gentiles. Now, y'all all got really happy about that because I don't think there's a Jew in the house today. How many of y'all glad Gentiles would get in on this? Eight, well, the eight of you, praise God. Um, the rest of you, good luck. Um, go to the next uh, slide. 
He said, so he's saying, I'm in jail. He's saying, I'm in chains now. So since I'm in chains, I obeyed God, and this is what happened. So since I'm in chains and, and everything, I don't have to be an ambassador anymore. I get to just whine now. How many of y'all know some Christians like that don't point? Paul says, I'm in chains now, still preaching. I'm in chains now, still preaching. I got to tell you, it makes cold chills go over me. I'm in chains now. I've been abused. Paul probably been beaten. He's probably bloody. He probably hadn't eaten in days. I'm in chains, still preaching the message. Still preaching the message as what? We're not even in prison, and we got all these luxuries, and we can't even preach the message. And Paul's in prison where his very life is threatened, and he goes, hey, guys, you remember the thing that got me in trouble and got me in jail to begin with? You remember? And they go, yeah. Well, will you please pray that God will give me boldness to do more of that? Will you pray that God will give me boldness to do more of what got me in trouble? We're not even in this kind of trouble that Paul was in, but he continued that role of ambassador. And we have all the luxuries, and we have a country where we can proclaim the gospel, and we can tell people about Jesus, and we don't do it. Paul says, so pray. I'm, I'm God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly. For him. Paul said, I'm a Christian, so it's something I should do. That's powerful. Let me show you the last slide, and I know you're happy about it. Last slide. So as Christians, we're to be shrewd, which means we're to be discerning and wise as snakes or serpents. You know how, you know how they sneak up on you? You know how they... They know what's going on all around them, how they're, how they're stealthy. And God says, you know, know what's going on around you. Be wise. Be shrewd. Don't be, don't be a fool. He said, but at the same time you're being wise and discerning and shrewd, be innocent. And I looked that up, and the, the, the meaning is to be wise as, as believers, but to be inoffensive inoffensive in Acts 2.47 it's talking about the early church it says that they enjoyed the goodwill of the people here's what I'm saying and this is the last thing I'm saying you can be an ambassador of Christ without being a jerk about it amen If you're one of those holier-than-thou Christians, this isn't going to be the church for you here. This isn't going to be the church for you. Because let me tell you how to rig how we view ourselves. We're broken people. Every single one of us who's been forgiven. Who've been made right with God. We don't live in guilt because of our past sin, but we know where God brought us from. And when you remember where God brought you from, you know what you don't do? You don't judge other people. You just love them. And I've been to churches and I've been a part of church systems that, boy, that 
pharisaical spirit. But I loved about the early church that last day. Even though they were saved, even though they were bold about their salvation, even though they were bold about their God and they were ashamed of their God, the unbelieving community around them liked them. They may not have understood them, they may not have believed everything that church taught, but because of the goodness of that church and the goodness that came from their hands and came from their acts, they enjoyed the goodwill of the community. If you're looking for a church that wants to isolate itself and say we're the holy ones and they're the terrible ones, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church. If there's any holiness in this church, God gave it to us as a gift. It wasn't because of our personal goodness. Amen. So I'm going to dismiss you in prayer. And if you'd like to have prayer, I'm going to stay right here and pray until the last one is gone. And I'm going to ask my staff who can, if they will, to come. and They're going to come up here and pray with you. If there are any of our prayer team members who are available, if you guys will come, let's all stand together. I'll dismiss you in prayer, and you can go. Don't forget, if you're new to God and the Bible and Christianity, or maybe you're a new believer, we've got free material right over there behind that camera. You can pick that up before you leave today. If you want to get one of those and take it to a friend, you can get one and take it to a friend. It won't cost you a thing. If you're a first-time guest, we got a free gift for you. It's an 8 by 10 picture of me. <laughs> no, it's not. That is funny. No, it's not. We've got a really nice gift for you, so pick that up on your way out. Anybody who'd like to have prayer, we'll be happy to pray with you. So as I'm praying, any of the staff and others who can come pray, just come on up, guys, and our prayer team members, come on up. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I know it's been um, challenging because, God, when I was preparing for this sermon, it was challenging to me to remember, Farrell Hardison, you are an ambassador. Even if you're in prison, even if you're in a bad situation or a bad circumstance, no excuses. Pray that God will give you the ability to always act in love and kindness and speak boldly about your God. Help us, Lord, to know that's a role we play every day. Every day. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for coming to the bridge today.